Welcome back to the well. Here we are together again in his name of one accord, of one accord to, to seek the heart of God. Um, this is going to be part six already of our series on the end times. Um, uh, so, yeah. Let's stay on track and let's not become distracted or discouraged. You know, faith uh, overcomes the world. Our faith is the victory that has overcome the world, it says in 1 John 5. Our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And what I'm seeing as we just dig into the scripture and as we seek the heart of God about how to become overcomers and how to become those who will endure to the end and be saved, I see a lifestyle. You know, we're invited by God into a lifestyle uh, today to seek Him. And to live in faithfulness and in love for Him more than any other thing. And, you know, simply, simply, humbly living out this lifestyle every day um, will give us the victory in the end. And so, it's a beautiful thing that God is inviting us into. And we, ah, we want to develop faithfulness, you know. We're growing in so many ways. Um, guys, but we want to develop faithfulness uh, more and more and more. And faithfulness is this, mm, this consistency of character despite circumstances. You know, if, if I'm really faithful to the Lord, faithful, faithful to the Lord, then everything can change. Anything and everything can change around me, but my character... And the way that I treat God and my obedience to Him won't change. This is, this is the nature of true faithfulness. It's dedicated, it's sincere, it's loyal to the Lord, no matter what happens. And it doesn't just obey when it really feels like it, or when it's really inspired or encouraged to obey. But it obeys when it feels terrible, when it's immensely tempted, when it doesn't understand, when it's stressed, when it's angry, when it's at its wit's end, it still um, remains steadfast in its character and its obedience to God. This is the nature of true faithfulness. Faithfulness. Yeah, one thing is to do well and to, um, to obey and to seek God when we are feeling like it, or when the circumstances around us are good, are favorable. Another thing altogether is to seek God and to obey and to press in and to love Him with all of our being when we're really flustered and stressed, you know. And it happens, you know, and the shaking happens um, in our lives. And some days we just wake up and we feel terrible. Or things, you know, circumstances happen, or people say things, or people do things, and we can't even believe how angry we get so fast, you know, or how how quickly we want to disconnect from everything and, and go and hide, or how quickly we want to turn back to some sin or some temptation, or how quickly we want to run away from God and flee to Tarsus like Jonah did. Um, yeah, it's so hard. Ugh. 
because those things spring upon us um, at times from nowhere. And then we're angry at the world, we're angry at ourselves, we're angry at God, and we can't believe how we could be so wrong or how we could feel so strongly these bad feelings. And then we start to slip a little bit away from hope you know, that we can overcome this, or that it's okay, or that His mercy endures forever. We slip away from, you know, connection and fellowship with God, and we take on this attitude like, don't talk to me right now, God. I don't want to talk right now. We don't even think about the Lord, you know, and we, we kind of, even subconsciously, <clears throat> fall into this place of just shutting down, shutting down altogether. When these frustrations, or these temptations, or these various trials come, but do not think it a strange thing when you are tempted with various trials. It says in, in 1 Peter, don't think that it's something strange is happening to you because this is necessary for growth and these things will come to pass um, in our life. But this, uh, what I find in my walk is that this is opportunity, beautiful opportunity for, um, for faith just to take its place. And for me just to say, Lord, right now, I don't know how I'm feeling this. This is too much for me right now, God. But I just, right now in my mind, I see the Son of God hanging on a cross. And it's pure love. And it's pure love. And I know that you, righteous Father, are the one who split the sea. And you rescued your children. And you're a rescuer of me. Because I'm your child. I'm your son. And it's written that, you know, that you love me and that my sins are forgiven for your name's sake. And it's written that you, O God of peace, will crush Satan under my feet shortly. So I don't know about what all is going on right now, my heart, my mind, my soul. It's hard, I'm angry, but I know that you're good. And so in that moment of testing and of shaking, shift quickly, shift to God. And just who he is, and what he's up to, and how good he is, and what his word says, and he is light, and in him is no darkness at all, and, you know, I just remember him, and get in the realm of the reality of the Lord, for starters, because who God is, is unchanging, our, our circumstances terribly changing, our mood, our emotions, sometimes they swing all over the place, Sometimes we just feel so off and just so disconnected from God. Right there, just let faith charge in and have its way. And say, man, I'm feeling terrible, God, but Jesus is alive. Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's for starters. And then from there we can actually address the problem and actually address you know, what's going on in our heart and in our mind and talk to the Lord and say, just simply tell Him how we're feeling. And uh, this is a good thing and in being trained by God into faithfulness, a lifestyle of faithfulness. And when we're so tempted that we can't even believe how tempted we are, and when we're so tempted that it's crazy, forget it, it's impossible to overcome this, perfect. That's where faith comes in. And then we say, Lord, I know that you're a deliverer of those who fear you. I know that... You will rescue me from this temptation. Temptation, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Save me, Lord Jesus, save me. 
always in anticipation of God, always resorting back to just Him and just who He is. It's a sure deliverance, because who He is is faithful. And so actually our faithfulness is built entirely on His faithfulness and on who He is. So, um, yeah, we need these things. Thank you, Father, that you're sure and true throughout all generations. And when we make terrible mistakes, when we fail, you are true and you remain faithful. Thank you, Father, for doing that for us. The gospel is still good, it's still true, it still applies to every single area of our lives. Don't allow frustration, um, dear saint. Mm, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, don't allow frustration to come in and steal the good thing that God is doing in your life. Mm. And in the moment of failure, cling to His mercy and His grace. You know, turn full with all your heart and with all your soul to mercy and grace. And don't start to beat yourself up. Don't start to condemn yourself to judge yourself, to hate yourself, to punish yourself. These things don't work. Just rest right there. Shift to the reality of God. Shift to His rest, His grace. Cry out for His grace. And there's, um, yeah, there's deliverance in that because I find in my own walk, I make a mistake and then I become frustrated and angry. Oh, man. And then I start to make up for, I try to make up for the mistake that I made, right? And then I condemn myself, I judge myself, I try to punish myself perhaps in some way for what I've done. But this just doesn't ever work. James 1, it says, let every man be slow to speak, quick to listen. It says, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Sometimes I get so angry at the devil, so angry at sin, so angry at myself, and my wrath wants to flare up and act out. And I even think at times that it's going to be holiness, you know, or um, a good thing that I'm going to do in wrath. But if it's the wrath of man, the word of God says that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So remember that in the moments of frustration, in the moments of anger, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, if you're angry, it's okay, it happens, we get angry, but just let it pass. It will pass, it will pass quickly if you let it. Just let it pass. Let the frustration pass. Let the goodness of God come and minister to your heart and soul again, and again, and again. Don't stay angry. Don't cling to your anger. Don't claim your rights to be angry. You have a right to be angry. You have a right to be angry. That's the way the carnal mind thinks, you know. But if we want to be free, then we just let let the anger pass and don't allow the wrath of man to start to control things and actually destroy things in our lives because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So thank God for His faithfulness. That's the foundation on which we build faithfulness to Him. And we're growing ever more. Consistently, we're growing in faithfulness to Him. No matter the circumstances, no matter what we're feeling, we're growing um, in this. So...
this will carry directly over into our endurance to the end as we become sons and daughters who truly are faithful to their father, as we become servants who truly are faithful to their king. I'm talking about faithful no matter what happens, when nobody can see it, when it's so easy to get away with a sin or a lie, when it's so easy just to be angry and just to lose our temper, when it's so angry just to allow emotion to take over, in that moment stop and say, he's worthy enough. He's worthy. And do what's right and act in righteousness and holiness before the Lord, even when no one can see it. This is faithfulness. That's so good. And it's because the Lord desires to rescue us that He's training us in faithfulness and at times perhaps allowing great storms to pass through our lives to test us to see um, what manner of people we, we really are so that our, our character can truly manifest in the midst of those storms. And there's tests that we have to pass in order to go to the next test and to grow and to grow and to grow. But if we don't pass the test... Hmm, Dear brothers and sisters, well, soon enough that test is going to come back, the same one. And it's going to come back in a different way, in, in God's mercy and in His grace. He, he allows the, the same test, if we don't pass it, to be a little bit different and in a new, fresh way. But it's the same basic test. And He'll give it to us again until we pass. And it's the same way in academics, in, in school, we need to pass this test. We need to pass this grade before we can pass on and move on to the next one. It's very sad, but I observe that many people get stuck in the same place in their relationship with God for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Stuck in the same place. And I think it's um, one, it's because they're not passing the test. God will test us, dear saints, to bring us to a place, a place of faithfulness so that we can really experience His glory and His love and His goodness. But oftentimes we get tested in our weak spots or we get tested in certain things that we really don't want to deal with. Or we have this buried wound in our soul, this pain and sorrow and grief that we're carrying around because of something that we suffered in the past. And the Lord is working in those areas of our life or in the most... Um, you know, the most stubborn sin, or the most stubborn temptation, or the weakest spot. That's where the Lord, at times, He's addressing those things so that we can really mature, so that we can really be free and not be there all the time. And He'll, he'll give us these tests in our character, these trials, these tribulations even, um, in order to get us out of those lies, or to set us free, or to grow, cause us to grow in some way. And he wants us to overcome by faith and to pass the test. But uh, sometimes we just avoid that spot, don't we? We just avoid that spot, that spot of weakness. We avoid that certain test, that certain thing in our life. Like, no, God, don't go there. Let's not talk about that. And then we run another direction and we say, well, how about all these things, God? Look at all these good religious activities that I'm doing, all these other prayers that I'm praying, all these other things that I'm studying in the Word, all these other things, always other things, Lord. And the Lord says, my son, my daughter, 
please, I want to address this. And if, if it's not a comfortable thing for us, or if it's a tender spot, oftentimes we, we run from it, and we go another way. And it's so tragic, it's so tragic. These dear believers, these dear brothers and sisters in Christ, are stuck for decades of their lives because they're running, they're fleeing from what God is addressing. And in that fleeing, they, they get stuck. That's one reason that they get stuck for so many years. Another reason that people get stuck is because they're not in the current speaking of God. And they're stuck in the realm of what they know. This is a terrible one. This is a terrible one. Take heed to this one. Listen to this. Dear saints, we want confidence that we're good and that we're right and that we're on good terms with God and that it's okay. That's what we want. We don't want trouble. We want peace. And we want peace with God. And often, our carnal mind will jump to what we know, or what we already can do, or what we have done, in order to convince ourselves, and to feed ourselves, with evidence that we're good, that we're okay, that we're on good terms with God, and that we're not in trouble. Yeah? And so then we get in the realm of what we know. I know this about the Bible, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know what I have to do, I do this, I do this, I do this, and I know... Um, these scriptures, or this about God, this, this, and this, okay. And then we stay right there. And we're always trying to prove to everyone, and trying to prove to ourselves, and to try to prove to God what we know, and what we can do, and what we have done. And it's enough, and it's sufficient, and it's done, and that's it. And then we feel like we're something, or we feel like we uh, are good, that we're righteous, that we're enough for God, or that we're loved, because we're forcing always what we know, what we already know. But understand that that's, not, that's no place for growth, and there's no growth in that place. And so, with that, it's like, don't tell me anything. I know what I know. I'm just going to stay right here in the realm of what I know. Yes, I know this. John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. I know it, I know it, I know it. And then we can't grow because we're wise in our own eyes. We're convinced that we already know it all. No one can teach us anything. God can't teach us anything. And we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what we don't know. We're afraid of what we cannot do. We're afraid of what we have not seen yet. And we're afraid of new things. Because who knows what might happen if I get in a situation and I can't do it. And I, you know, and I, or I fail in this or that way, or I get in a, in a, a you know, revelation in the Word and I'm like, wow, I don't know this. That's terrifying to us at times because we feel like if we don't know or if we can't do or if we have not done sufficiently then we're total failures we have no value we have no hope we're no good and we're just trash those same old lies that the that the world tries to tell us all the time tries to teach us and tries to convince us of and so then we're like oh no if there's something i don't know if there's something i haven't you know, seen revelation of yet, if I have to confess I don't know things, if I have to confess that I can't do things yet, or that I'm not to that level, then that's terrible. It's like evidence that I'm no good. So we reject all of that, and listen, right there when we reject all of that, we reject the current speaking of God. Because I promise you, the, the current speaking of God in your life is not things you already know. Because you already know it. And the Lord is wise, and He doesn't want us to stay in the same place. He wants us to grow. But in fear, so, so many people reject, refuse, 
stay away from the current speaking of God, and they just stay in the realm of what they already know, or what they already can do. Try this. Kneel down, get on your knees, and say, Righteous Father, what is on your heart? Just that. Roll out of bed in the morning and don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him a space. Write to the Father, to the presence of God, and say, Father, what is on your heart? What is it that you want to teach me? What do you want to reveal? What is the current speaking? What is it that I don't know that I need to know? What is it that I'm not sufficient in that I need to grow in? What are these things? What is the new mercy, the new revelation of truth for me today? And God will speak. So don't be afraid of the unknown, dear saints. There's so much good revelation in the in the in the Bible, in the Word, by the Spirit of God. Yes, understand one thing that it's new and his mercy is new every morning, but it's still the same mercy and it's still the same gospel. It's never that we're receiving revelation of a different gospel, by no means. Paul said if if we or an angel from heaven Come and preach to you any other gospel than the one that you have received, let him be accursed. And he said it twice. In this in, in a row. He said that twice in a row. To prove its its seriousness and its reality. Um, because we have but one gospel. But let me testify in the name of the Lord that as I grow in the Lord and as I seek to stay in the current speaking of God, it's always the same gospel and it's always the same simple truths, but it's with deeper, fuller, more excellent revelation of those same truths and of more and of more and of more all the time. And what happens with revelation is the opportunity to believe. And what happens with belief is complete transformation of our being and salvation. Yes, we're saved in, in that we're not going to hell and that we're born again, but a fuller development of being saved, healed, delivered, set free, restored, made whole, and made new. And reaching the more of the fullness of our potential in Jesus and in the eternal purpose of love. So, yeah, let's not get stuck. Let's not get stuck. Let's let's be in the current speaking of God and in growth. And when God brings these certain tests into our life, and when God tests those really sensitive areas of our lives, let's not flee from it. Let's not avoid it. Let's not say, let's not try and change the subject. Do you ever do that with God? He's like, well, yeah, but this one sin, why is this still a thing in your life? How is it that you're stuck on this weak point? And I'm like, oh, God. And I change the subject quick. Because I don't want to go there. Let the Lord take you there, dear saints. Let him carry you right into those areas that truly need healed. Those areas that truly need to change or to grow. I'm going to give you one key phrase. Take this key, use it, and it will unlock so much in your life. I'm talking about adventures. I'm talking about glory. I'm talking about joy and blessing like you cannot imagine. 
one key will unlock all of that in your life. And it's these two words, yes, Lord. Take that, do not forget it. Hold that key in your pocket, in your hand. Hold that key as one of your most prized possessions and use it all the time. And you'll be amazed at what the Lord will do. Yes, Lord. Just that. Yes, Lord. No ifs, ands, or buts. No hesitation. Yes, Lord. So good. So good. Mm. So the strongholds are coming down now in Jesus' name. The Lord is ministering to us about areas that we need to grow and, and tests that we need to pass trials and tribulations that we need to pass through so that we can move on to the next one. We can't just jump to the 12th grade, dear saints. We have to go through preschool, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up. We can't be proud or wise in our own eyes and say, yes, I can, I'm, a, I'm ready at least for 7th grade. Let's go. Let the Lord teach you. Let Him take it at His pace. And, and it's okay. Sometimes in my zeal for God, I'm like, I'm graduating today. I'm like, come on. I want to do it. I want to be all in for God. All in. 100% for you, Lord. I'm graduating today. This is it. This is the last day of high school for me. I'm going to pass the hardest exams, the hardest tests. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome that, you know, all of it. I'm going to do the greatest, best, biggest thing for you, God. And he says, my son. What about that lesson in kindergarten that you refused to even do? You've refused to even turn in the homework. And it was simple things, and it's things that, indeed, you will be able to pass if you just do it. If you just start that and you say yes right in the morning, when I get up, it's not going to be my feet that hit the floor. It's going to be my knees that hit the floor first. Okay, ten minutes. Every single day. That's how you start your day. That was it. That was the test, my son. Perhaps this is an example. Or my daughter. But you decided to run and, and to become busy with and distracted with much serving. And now some things are off in your life and your walk with me. Yeah, you want to graduate, that's great. I want you to graduate as well, but line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, that you may truly grow. This is the heart of the Father. Do you see that? This is the heart of the Father. I want to speak on this um, quickly, the morning. I want to speak on mornings right now in Jesus' name. Because I perceive, who knows what's going to happen when we're asleep? I'm telling you, who knows what's going to happen? Yes, the Lord gives us sleep. It says that He gives His beloved sleep in Psalm 127. Um, it says in the beginning of Psalms that um, I will lay down and my sleep will be sweet because I know that you are with me. So these are promises of Scripture. And it says in Psalm 139, when I awake, you are still with me. So there is, there is a, um, a faithfulness of God when we sleep. 
there is. He's there. He's speaking to us and he's ministering to us. But we are pretty much unconscious. We don't know what's going on. And sometimes, yeah, we become tempted when we sleep. Sometimes we're attacked by the evil one. Um, sometimes we, roll, we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. In the morning, when you become conscious again, i.e. when you wake up, right there connect with Jesus. I'm observing in my own life, there's a margin from the moment that I wake up to the moment that I start to connect with God, that I start to just speak to Him. There's a margin right there. And I become distracted, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it becomes opportunity for the flesh. It becomes opportunity for other things that don't help me to come in. For example, I get up, and oh, right away I check my phone. Bam, you know, and then, oh, man, I've got these messages. And then I'm thinking, based on those messages, oh, man, what do I have to do today? This, this, this. Okay, I'm kind of stressing about the day. Breakfast, you know, like, okay, i got to get breakfast. You know, it's going to be good. And, um... Music, I just start playing music, you know, and it's like, wait, wait, where's the Lord? He was there sitting by, at the end of my bed all night watching over me. And he had nothing but this, you know, this great anticipation that I would wake up and we'd be able to hang out again, spend time together and talk. You know, and he was just waiting, waiting, waiting as I slept in. And then I woke up and it was, it was like the desire of his soul, you know, to start to commune with me again. And I was like checked my phone, and bam, I'm busy, and I'm running. And I left him there at the end of my bed. Hmm. So I'm observing a really, just a really special grace in my life. In the beginning, in the first moment, thank you, Father. Whatever it is, whatever's on your heart, but connect with Him, reach out to Him. Whatever it is that's good for you, you know, whatever that prayer is that really works for you, in any way that you connect with Him, do it. And don't let one second, two seconds, don't touch the phone. Speak to God. And just let Him fill that margin and that time. Commune with Him. Instead of looking to your phone to find the current speaking of the world, what's in the news, the current speaking of your friends and family, of your boss, your workplace, that's, that's why we're addicted to our phones. You know, We want to be in the current speaking. FOMO, fear of missing out. So we're always on our phones, we're always, you know, wanting to message people, to hear what people are up to, we're always on social media. Why? Because we don't want to miss anything in the current speaking of our friends, our job, the world, the news, our family, whatever it is. But there is a current speaking that is better than all of this. It's the Lord. What's happening in the kingdom of heaven today versus what's happening in the kingdoms of the world? Our tendency is to want to figure out what's happening in the kingdoms of the world, how we will be involved, what's in it for us, what we have to do accordingly, and before we know it, another day expired, and we'll go again tomorrow. But there is news, there is breaking news, there are headlines in the kingdom of heaven. And that's the channel we've got to check and continually be in tune with. Remember, Jesus said, pray and watch, pray and and watch, pray, and watch. He said, what I say to you, I say to all, watch, be attentive. What is the breaking news in the kingdom of heaven today? What is the, the current speaking of God? What is the, the newest thing? What's happening in the realm of heaven? 
that's what we need to tap into. That's the current speaking that's actually important. And it's so amazing. God knows so many, so many things, beloved saints. You know, I have a dear brother who's taught me many things about the Lord and the gospel. And he always seeks to, you know, be attentive to God. And it's amazing how, how things happen in his life because God knows what's happening. And the kingdom of heaven, you know, is, is working in such a perfect way. And so when we tap into it, it's amazing. You know, sometimes I'm on my knees. I hit my knees and God's like, this friend right now needs this word. You know, because that's what's happening in the kingdom of heaven. It's it's the needs of the people. Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so all of heaven right now is in a buzz. And angels, you know, running to and fro, flying to and fro. And God is the mastermind. The Father is the mastermind behind all of it. And coordinating things. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And He's pouring out His Spirit here. And He's moving by the Holy Spirit there. And He's given revelation of Jesus Christ there. And everything. It's this perfectly detailed, oriented, just amazing system that God has and that he's working all over the world. And it's the realm of the kingdom of heaven. But the whole point is people. That's it. And the Father is crazy about people. And even the angels are like, Man, like, we know he loves people, but we don't get it. Like, the depth of the passion and the zeal in the heart of the Father to see maybe perhaps just one person saved. Mm. It's like the angels are like, we're, we're working, you know, we're doing the will of, of the Father. We're obeying him. We're all over the world, you know, it's coordinated, it's perfect as his plan, but at the end of the day, none of us really get how much... He loves human beings. It's amazing. So we're just serving him, we're just obeying him. And we're participating in his heart. It's an amazing thing. Then, in the wisdom of God, there's a participation for us, his children, as well. And I roll out of bed in the morning, and immediately it's prayer. And what is on your heart, O oh God? Thank you, Father, for life. Thank you for this day. Thank you for... All of it. Just go into it right there. Start to seek his heart. Connect with him. Claim his promises. Remind him of his promises. And then we connect with this eternal purpose of love that's happening all over the world. And he's like, well, Austin, right now you need to see and understand that these things are happening. You know? It's just so amazing. Then you need to coordinate this and to encourage these people, you know, Move this, do this, seek my heart in these scriptures, unlock some things, tell the people this, move here or there, and it's all according to the eternal purpose of love. So as we grow in faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness to the Lord, we uh, ought to grow in participation in his kingdom. Because when we really participate, guys, and it works, and we see people blessed, and we see people just, you know, cry and be healed, when we see people receive Jesus and be saved, when we see people say, that is exactly what I needed to hear, and when we see people say, how did you know that? And when we see people literally physically healed, 
in, in an instant, miraculously, and they're set free from years of bondage, this is when I'm in. Forget it. I'm in. It's worth it. It's worth it. And the temptations come, and the trials come, and, you know, emotions come, and my own failure and weakness comes strong, but, man, it's nothing compared to the kingdom of God. And this sustains faithfulness in me in a very deep and powerful way. Yeah, so... As we grow in faithfulness, let's grow in participation in the kingdom of light. Let's grow in connection with God. And no matter what, let's not take any excuse to sin, any excuse to, you know, to give in to temptations or things that we shouldn't do. Let's not say, yeah, but God, you don't know how hard it is for me right now. Even in the hardest moment, let's just glorify God for the great opportunity to overcome and to bless his name.